What's up, Lauren? How are you doing? Oh, I'm fired up. It's fired up Friday, Rob. It's it fired is, up. Fi- it is fired up Friday for Lauren. We're recording this on Friday the 5th of August. Uh, I jumped on this Zoom call with Lauren and she had like 15 books in her hands laughing at me. Uh, we had a pre-call with a guest that we're really excited to bring to you. And Lauren said she bought every book that we mentioned on the call. Yeah. And there was about 14 books, apparently. So that's happening. It's not very often that like we have a conversation with somebody and I don't have every book that they talk, they're, they're talking about. And in this conversation, people were mentioning books that like I didn't have, which gives me FOMO. Well, it's like four row like fear of reading well fear of fear of missing out on reading i normally call you lj i normally call you lj but i told you i was going to give you a new nickname officially on the pod now and it's going to be lauren the librarian Librarian. because she she clearly has too many books and has fomo about books so anyway all right i love reading so much i love it so much guys i also made some purchases because i'm trying to learn a new skill oh what what do we learn do that Um, so I have really, really gotten into, so I'm a Six Sigma champion. Okay. Yes. And I have a very large potential opportunity that, um, is really digging into some of the, you know, the ad car, the, uh, some of the really, really change management specific strategies. Um, and while I know most all of them, I just feel like I need to like dive in and know all the things. Um, so that's what we're, we're working on. I appreciate that. Anyway. All right. Guys, always, be, always be learning. I don't know what be, they, not, not ABC, always be closing, which you're doing anyway, but always be learning too. All always right. Be learning. We're going to bring, bring back an oldie, but a goodie. We're going to actually have an ask Lauren and an ask Rob. How I feel like Lauren's going to ask me something inappropriate or ridiculous when she gets to my <laughs> turn. Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, how much do I squat? How'd you get so swole? How'd you get so swole? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Lauren, what are you hearing from your customers? Give us the, the top. Let's give us the number one. Let's see how that goes. What am I hearing from it? adoption? I like, I got to tell you. Oh, well, we man. just had a podcast episode had, on I adoption. Know, we just did a whole episode about this, but this is um, learning and development so let's not just say adoption. It's really learning and development. And the that we are on the struggle bus as an industry uh, in learning and development. It's the first department to go when cuts happen or slows happen. Um, and it really shouldn't be. That's your time to shine, to teach your people, to create stickiness, to create loyalty you know, when we are a little bit slower. And so this, this learning and development, and we've talked about the LMS versus the, versus the LXP. Look, guys. We can't overcomplicate this. We've got to keep it simple. We have to meet people where they are and how they learn. Whether they're a visual learner, an auditory learner, or they're tactile, we have to honor the way that people learn. And that means making making your materials available in in many different ways. It also has to be short and accessible because we no longer have the patience and or tolerance and or attention span for 60-minute videos. The, The average attention span we're down to seven minutes of concentrated learning time yeah i'm definitely and, shorter than that laura I'm oh sorry. yeah i know so you know when we build bespoke con- learning content for our customers no video is over six minutes because i'm like yeah let's just be safe if it's over <laughs> two i'm upset 
Yeah, but that that's just it. Think about how you want to learn a new skill. You either pick up a book or you go to YouTube or you go to TikTok, you search on that, and and there are little micro bites of information. Well, okay. So then we have to do a little validation of good information and bad information. Well, the YouTube thing too, just real quick to cut you off, is uh the size of the chapters now in the video feed, which is fantastic yep. for learning. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's so fantastic. So I use uh teachable. Um, for my courses and uh, Teachable allows you to do just that segment these bite size, you know, chapters or topics or focuses um, so that people can go back and go, how did I search? How do I do an advanced search in Bullhorn? How do I go use Diva Reach in, in uh, Job Diva? So being able to have just like when we were doing job posts, I kind of liken this to job postings. You remember back in the day when our industry just thought more was better. So we were just showing up and throwing up all over the internet with our good and bad jobs, right? Yep. And and, the, and then there was this copious amount of training on it's got to be a searchable job title. Indeed came down on agencies, you know, who were just dispersing at mul- the same job, multiple locations, cracked down on that. And um, so I, I look at it like, like that, like the like that whole issue that we had with with job postings and not searchable job titles. This, the number one search on Google when people are searching for a job is the word job. So we got to kind of break it down to the most simplest, <laughs> simplest uh, form if we can. I'm making faces so that at Lauren can... about people searching job, but uh... I know. I feel like I'm not the average Google user, so I I, I definitely them. get super specific. But you know, if you if you, I, I it's, you're not the average so, Google user either. Lauren. I'm not the if average Google the user honest. either. Right, right, right. Well, but, I, I, no, I, I would like to celebrate a win though in this in this regard okay. because it's coming up for you, and it's actually come up for me a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um. I would like to just celebrate step one of a, of a 12 step process of just acknowledging that there's a huge issue at company level that if the training and adoption suck and they're acknowledging it and they're going to look for resources. That's a win. Woo. Or, a win. The entire they... business is based on people being bad at using technology. <laughs> it is. My entire business is, is, is based on, you know what? I, I, there are just opportunities. And I think when you get in the thick of it, um, and you, you are overwhelmed by your investment. We have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees in what that investment outcome should be. And, and so really we, you know, we help break it down so that, that so that we could actually understand what ROI should look like. And you should understand every tool's ROI within your business, you know, what it's supposed to be returning and how it should be impacting your business. But back to training and adoption, man, we just have to put some effort forth on, on, uh, we just have to put some effort forth down on how, how we manage this information. I think one day we'll, we'll, we'll start releasing the video of us doing these recordings more so everyone can see my facial expressions as I'm reacting to you yes because ah. rob has no face filter i have no brain to mouth filter rob oh. doesn't have a face filter yeah. <laughs> it's usually like funny funny silly faces that i make on lauren while she's saying these things um okay 
again, celebrate the win. There is a huge opportunity and that people are asking questions, which is fantastic. This is something that I realized when I was working at Bullhorn uh, 2018. So good to know I was a little bit ahead of the game and that we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. And education for the staffing and recruiting industry is something you should be focused on as a, it, it's part of the digital marketing as a core competency. Learning and development is a core competency. And that I, again, working at CHG and then going to Mint Physicians, I would like to celebrate both organizations and that they've had a very strong ongoing learning um, focus and actually put time and resources and management hours, as well as our hours as a recruiter or a salesperson into doing that. So shout out to those yeah. two organizations because I was spoiled because of that. And, and look at... Like, if you want to know what people are searching on and the, the like how simple, you know, uh, it, it can be, go to answerthepublic.com. Um, I have a membership to Answer the Public. I use it for many, many things. Mostly it's to really understand people. I want to understand people. I want to understand what makes them tick, how they tick. Because if we under, we already know that people are unpredictable in nature. But um, if we can understand what's important to them in the moment, um, we can align our content. We can align the way that we respond um, accordingly. And so, yeah, answer the public. It, it's a big eye opener. That's interesting. I usually just go to Twitter's Explore page and then try to figure out what people are doing. Uh, oh, like yeah. Well, now I've like, just, yeah. just opened the rabbit hole for uh, you, Rob. Uh, you can use I'm on my the, account. I'm, I'm on the website, so we'll figure this out later. All right. Yeah. The website's hilarious. It's talking head in this robot is making uh -huh, it uh -huh, All right. Uh -huh. Answerthepublic.com, guys. It's spelt like it sounds. Go check it out. All right. So, Lauren, we're training uh, and development. Awesome. I appreciate that. Do I get to go so, now? Uh, yes. I have questions for you. I have oh, questions okay. for you because oh, okay. I think, no, it's my turn. Isn't it my turn? Yeah, you asked me questions now. Okay, yeah. It's Ask Rob and Ask Lauren. This is where it all began. It really is. Um, so I have questions because I think that there is a lot of misunderstanding about automation. Okay. So give me what you think the number one misunderstanding about automation. What do you think is the number one like misunderstanding? I think it, I think for me is the way that it actually executes from an internal perspective. And I don't want to make this complicated. I think like you buy an automation software, whether you're using Salesforce, whether you're using HubSpot, whether you're using, you know, even I'll give a shout out to our team at Tracker RMS, uh, Ashley and David and all the other guys over there. Um, it's really requires not a tremendous amount of like cleverness. It just I mean, it requires you to understand your data and you understand how to segment your data and then how to build an email or an automation. The building the automation piece is inherently the easiest piece. The understanding who should receive it. And then that's where you have to start playing like this game in your head of like, who should actually receive it? Who should be out of it? And then um, how do I actually get what I want? And then at the end of it, before you hit play, like, hey, is this automation going to do literally something I didn't think about? And if you can like, you know, if I could boil that down to three questions is like, who should receive it? Who should not be receiving it? And then um, this is going to be very literal. So they build the list, see who's adding it and make sure that I don't have any un unintended consequences. That's the mm -hmm. hardest part. 
The easy mm-hmm. part is like, hey, we're going to send an email at this stage. We're going to add a wait. We're going to send an email at this stage. We're going to add a wait. We're going to send a text message or we're going to send the chat bot. Like all of that stuff is inherently very easy to execute. It's really the strategy and then understanding the list. And I think that the, the misconception that I kept hitting is like, you know, and, and we use the, we use the term or I use it and you kind of laugh at me every time. It's like GYST, get your blank together. And by that, I mean, you need to have your, your, yes, you need to have your bullhorn workflows defined and then trained and continuously trained, not just once, multiple times ongoing on how your statuses, your note types, what data, what, what, what pieces of field data are required. All of that stuff, once it's ingrained in your business, automation should be should be pretty straightforward because you can acknowledge the gaps where a human is doing this, but in mass, like, okay, let's, let's take some back. Um, I think Reed Hoffman is fascinating, the founder of LinkedIn, because now he's sitting there and he's doing all these things about mat, like mastering scale. And sometimes you do things that don't scale which are time intensive and take you away from growing your business. And that might be, and that's example is, you know, asking every customer for feedback, coach showing like, like, let's say you're Yelp and you open up a new market and you send someone to every restaurant that got reviewed on Yelp, that would be not scalable. But sending an automated text message to every diner who went to that restaurant and checked in, that's scalable. And I think. If you, if you have to understand what's scalable and what you want to do, have a personal touch and what should actually be the, um, the scalable piece that's through automation. And I think that's a really good example, right? Like, you know, paying people who check in, ask for a review of the restaurant, ask, you know, at the end of each month, ask the restaurants how Yelp is serving them. But in the beginning to build a relationship and to understand the customer, you need to do things that don't scale. And so when you look at automation in your business, what's not going to scale, but you need to do to grow and to learn, and then what can you scale? And it all, it all has to do with you understanding your workflow of how a recruiter uses your system and then how the candidate experiences all of your technology and your recruiters and how your clients experience your salespeople and your, and your, your business. And once you get to find all that, you can automate things and then you can also choose not to. And the both are valuable. And, but both have to be a choice and you have to deploy, you have to actually deploy both at the right time. And that's kind of like a business owner's gut or maybe data can tell you. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a misconception. That was a really long, long word answer to uh, that question. No, it was a very thorough answer, which is what you need when it comes to automation, because uh, I like to say automation is simple, but not easy. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think you make it harder when Mm -hmm. you, when you panic about the steps of an automation maybe, and, but not about the, the list and like, you don't need to panic about the list. You need to ask yourself questions as you're going through that process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Yes. All right. Okay. I have more more questions chambered. All right. Let's count. Okay. So my other question for you would be about data. Okay. Um, how, uh, so I think that there's a misconception about data and dirty data. Uh, what are some of the, and how you clean it up? So what I see companies doing is, you know, spending these 
you know, putting these think tanks together, these massive teams to go in and clean up data. And I just think that we, we as an industry, we love to overcomplicate. And so <laughs> we love to do that. So give us the, the 411 easy steps on. Layla's got uh, opinions. Her, uh, she's, she's got opinions. She does. She does. Um, which, yeah, she's mad about dirty data. <laughs> so let's ask her, or let's ask you, excuse me, um, what are, let's ask the same question. What are some of the misunderstandings about data cleanliness? Hold on, I'm something. Okay. She's getting Wonderful. treats and I'm closing the door treats. on her. Okay. All right. You were a good girl. You came when I said the TRA to her. Good job. All right, here we go. So I think let's let's dial it back to why you use data. Okay. You use data to and, and let's go on the the side of scale. And let's say we're going to scale our communications by using automation. Just super easy. This could also go to have it like this is the automation piece is a little bit more um Important to me, it'll be my favorite topic, but this also applies to reporting. So I think automation reporting both rely on good data yes. and, the, and the, the strategy behind them are similar. Maybe the data, like what you actually need is a little different, but I think it still works. So focusing on automation on why you need good data so that you can scale. Okay, it, your average recruiter salesperson should only be responsible for adding up to seven to eight fields as they go through a process, all right? So if you were going to focus Wait, on- Wait, oh, that was money. Repeat that. And, and this is from my test from like, like Engage like 2019. The average recruiter salesperson should only, like if they're adding a candidate to the uh -huh. system, should uh -huh. only be responsible for adding seven, maybe eight fields at most. Okay. Listen to that, people. Our recommendation on required fields is no more than seven required fields. And that's only because adoption, adoption, adoption. So, okay, so continue. Yeah, and my lazy ass recruiting style. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna own that. Anyway, I got yelled at earlier for not putting notes in, so very, very pleased with myself. Uh, I or by my yell, I mean like, hey, can you do that next time? Um, the uh, so you you think about the seventy I've, fields. I've rendered you speechless. I'm trying to put my thought back. I'm trying to put the train back on the rails here. Okay. Uh, you got seven to eight fields. Okay, so your name, first name, email, phone, if you have it, job title, maybe desired salary, and let's say like a skiller category. That, that's nine. Skiller category kind of work each other. So like if this skill put in this category or in this category, maybe add these skills. So you can actually use automation um, to do that for you. So you can get a more robust. So if you put those seven in and you have automation running, if you see this skill on a candidate that just was added to the system, add this category, right? That's going to keep your data cleaner for segmentation for automation, right? Let's say mm -hmm. we have 10,000 candidates we've never spoken to, but they have great data, right? I know I know their category. Maybe I know where they want to work or move to. Um, maybe I know their pay range. Those are all really great data points to segment off of and to help you only reach out to candidates when it's like you have your normal trickle of, of reaching out. But then you also are able to, if you're using semantic search, bring up really important jobs to them in an email that's going out to them. Or, yeah. uh, hey, this job came in, 
it matches these three data points, semantic search hits, adds them to a short list. It texts them and say, Hey, everything that you ever asked for in a job, like from our conversations is, is, is this job, are you, are you ready to take a look? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. You know, if anything change, update the system for me, use a chatbot, which I'm really excited about the word chatbot for that, or anyone's chatbot who does that. Um, or cross into yes, and then schedule a call with a recruiter or, or get to a human. So I think if you're going to think about your data, and this is from like, I'm thinking as a salesperson or a recruiter, and in this case, they're the same thing. It's about segmenting data so that your outreach and your conversations are highly relevant and they're going to create a better experience with your brand, with that candidate. This very similar idea with your sales contact. Okay. So that's part one. Now you go into, Hey, that person's place. Do you need all their payroll data? That's a different thing. That person who's entering that stuff is probably not your recruiter. Uh, they're probably not detail oriented enough. Probably not what their skill set is. Maybe they are in their big sense. You know, they're part of that group that is, which they exist. Um, but if there's an admin or a, you know, part of the operations team or part of the payroll team is going in, that's different. What, what we are really focused on, you know, if you're thinking about automation is, you know, seven, eight data points, thinking about how you categorize and thinking. So think like a marketer, how do you segment? I said this on a call yesterday, uh, with a, a brand new person I'd never spoken with, but he was being real, real with me. So I kind of was, he was asking for advice. I was like, listen, you need to start thinking like a marketer in your front office operations, that's sales and marketing, right? Again, payroll, different, different beasts, more reporting, more making sure everything's correct, more creating that experience where if someone's supposed to get paid, they get paid on time, which pisses mm-hmm. people off the most, right? <laughs> uh, we all know that. Lauren, you probably mm-hmm. know that better than me. But mm-hmm. when my candidates didn't get paid, they're missing $10,000 in the check. Yours just for possibly living, well, doctors might've been living month a month too, which is a totally different issue. But your candidates could have been living Paycheck to paycheck. Different Oh yeah. I mean, we had rocks thrown at at a at a we transitioned from one payroll system to another and weren't able to pay people in a very rural area. And yeah, people live paycheck to paycheck and we can't be there can be no misgivings about that. Yep. I, I always used to say don't F with my money. Yeah. When I'm in sales. You mess with a lot of things. Money's not one of them. Yeah. So um yeah. So my, my skill is the front, like it's the funnel. It's that, it's that getting to market. Right. So the, the sales piece, different, different beast. I'm not going to talk on that, but the data points that you need are again, think like a marketer, get what you need to segment out the list and to make sure that your communications and your conversations are going to be highly relevant. And they're going to reach out at the right times based on having good data in your system. So if like, don't make it complicated when you're cleaning your data. Focus on thinking like a marketer. Yes. I love I love the idea of thinking like a marketer when you're thinking about data. I think it adds clarity. Um, and the other thing that I'll I'll say about about data is, you know, the one one of the things that um we are seeing right now from a project perspective are these reevaluations of configuration. Um, do I need 
you know, we walk into to configuration exercises and we think we are special and we need four million fields for our candidates, right? And 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 then we have what's what's called over configuration, right? Everything's too parsed out, it's too segmented out, and then we end up not using fields, or you end up with little adoption because it becomes too cumbersome because of the number of required fields. So I would just try and think of your data from a marketing perspective because if you do that, it's simple. What data do you need? It's, it, it's all the other conversation we're having is, is obviously a hot one about bots, right? And, and like, man, what people want bots to do. I, and I'm like, a bot has one purpose in its life, conversion, period. And that's all it's here on this earth to do. Yeah. Convert, 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 convert. And people don't mind interacting with bots until they say, hey, I want to talk to a person. And then you should get to a person. If right. And then the bot available. keeps talking to you. Yeah. And then I'm like, the bot, you and I are no longer friends. Yes. Like, and then I, I want to be friends out, with you. I, I X out. And, and yeah, I, uh, I had this experience with Verizon the other day and Verizon is the worst of the worst of the worst. And you can put me on record. I'll put it in writing. I've absolutely put it on tr Twitter, but there is an epidemic at Verizon on support. Oh no. <laughs> That's not a good sign for a business. Not a good sign for but a Verizon's business. But gigantic, so I'm not Yeah, they're worried. too 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 big to fail, I guess. But what they've done with their bot is created such frustration in their customer base because they're wanting the bot to be too much. It's a, they're they're putting it as a replacement for human interaction, and there is no replacement for human interaction when it's required. Yeah, I think I think this there's a moment like truthfully, I have. I'm very up aware of my behavior when I'm act, interacting with customer service people. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I ordered a, a new like bar slash cabinet system for my dining area. And I ordered two things from Wayfair. One shipped, one is like stuck in like preparing to ship purgatory for five days. And <laughs> so I, I love, I love interacting with for people via Twitter. Um, and so I, I, you know, I went to the DMs in Twitter, I messaged Wayfair I'm having, having a conversation like, Hey. You know, I don't think we're going to have any luck here. Like, you're probably going to have to send it, you know, resend this just so you know. And I could be really frustrated and pissy with this person, but I just heard him making jokes and being very like, hey, you know, if we're both on the same side, your, your policy is to wait 10 days to resend. Okay, cool. Like, let's just keep track of it. Um, but like, I could, be, I could be like, I know, like, in my heart, I know it's not going to get to right? right now in this first shipment process. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's a person, they, like, they didn't actually create this rule. They're just doing their job. And like, like, I, you know, and so having, but I think that what I'm describing is the reason you want a human is you want to empathize. And then you also like, and this is going to really sound like really funny, but it's really true. Is like the reason why we don't want Skynet to ever exist is because it's too literal and you need a human being to override the literal sometimes to get mm -hmm. things done. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, the, I had an experience, I wrote about it on, on, on LinkedIn, uh, uh the whole Kaiser Permanente. I, I wish I could tell you the frustration that I heard, you know, it's a good thing I do what I do for a living because I was like kind of endlessly patient because I, I, when they came back and said, you know, we're going through a technology transition. I was like, well, <laughs> that's a pretty Aww. honest answer for a big company. 
Well, it was after that poor individual had put me on hold for 25 minutes. This was the first time around when I got my cancellation letter, put me on hold for 25 minutes because they had to go make manual phone calls to go figure out what was going on and get, and it was a telephone game. Uh, literally of trying to figure out, you know, what was happening. And then, you know, the first was, you know, go ahead and disregard your medical benefit cancellation letter. We're going to send you an apology letter. And because we're going through a digital transformation. And then, you know, I got my notification that they were taking uh, money out, which I get every month. So I was like, all right, we're back on the, you know, back on the train, trains back on the tracks. And man, I felt so much empathy for the gentleman that I called nicest man. And again, it's a good thing I do what I do for a living <laughs> because I can imagine that he's had some people enraged over the phone. I mean, because doubling your premium payment, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and, 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 and there was no transparency within the organization. There were, they enabled their tool, their people in no way to communicate. Quickly. Oh, they were just like, oh, hey, guess what? Everyone's saying double, like we're not going to tell them to <laughs> We're not telling you that it's a Why glitch or not? that we've got oh, errors okay. happening or, you know, it was a, it was a glitch in the, the pay, the billing system that they're moving to. Um, it was a known error and yet nobody on the phones with customer service was equipped that. with that, that information. And That's so a, I a waited. Poor, those poor people, like. Those poor people. I felt so terrible for him. And I had, that phone call took 45 minutes of my time. Yeah. That's a bad experience. It's a bad experience. And I love Kaiser. Like we get great care from them. I can't tell you enough. And normally they're, and, and these people were stellar customer service. They just were not equipped with information. So I implore every agency going through a digital transformation, not to hide it. <laughs> let the, let the entire organization know that you're going through this and where some of the bumps in the road might be so that they're enabled when the inevitably those mad customers call or something goes wrong because something will go wrong. And if you are, are planning on going through a digital transformation and planning on making it perfect, I am here to tell you it will never be perfect. There will always be something that goes wrong and data migration may not go right. So just be prepared for it. Just know that nothing is ever perfect and it's okay. This, this, this ideology that we have towards perfection is, is so damaging to the morale of a business. How many businesses have we all implemented or seen go through implementations of software? Something went wrong. Big things went wrong. They're still functioning. Why? Gonna get still there, functioning, and, then, money, and then it gets, gets fixed, happens. and it gets gets into a better state. So, um, every CEO that we're seeing managing layoffs and everything, the ones that are being praised are the ones that are leading those efforts with empathy, clarity, transparency. Those are the things that people need. You know, when we when we go through change, change is is, is people have an, a a natural fear towards change, and so what can we do to combat that? We can inform. And I mean, the best uh, example is probably still Art Pappas when Born had that unfortunate layoff in the middle of the pandemic or oh. beginning of the pandemic, twenty twenty. Yes. So that was a that was a what very crucially done, classy move. Yeah. So anyway, 100%. well, LJ. We're a little over. We said we're we? going to do a lot of Oh my gosh. I know we but, could sit. I forgot at one point we were recording. We could just sit in here and pontificate industry yes, issues all yes. day long. We'll take the soapbox. We'll put it away first a little bit. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for re revisiting Ask Lauren. Uh, and Ask excited. Rob. And uh, we have lots of ex exciting stuff for you guys. So um, we are planning a big thing with the Women's Leader, Lady Leader Book Club, which is mm -hmm. getting kicked off soon. And we are interviewing really, really interesting people continuously. I uh, have some really exciting ones for you guys. Um, I'm still mad at uh, one of our guests for going on Maurice's show before ours. I like, I like when Maurice has our guests on after us, uh, but that's just me wanting to win all the time. And, uh, yeah, well, thank you so much. Luck. Thank you. Bye guys. So signing off, this is Rob. And I'm Lauren. Now go do something good. Thanks guys. This episode is brought to you by Kylo Partners. Kylo are your Bullhorn specialist and Bullhorn's first implementation partner. Our solutions have helped over 950 companies worldwide to streamline, automate, customize, and get more out of Bullhorn. Our products provide you with tremendous ROI, including Kylo Awesome Docs, the complete document management system right in Bullhorn, and the most powerful data management tool in the ecosystem, Kylo Data Tools. To learn more, visit kylopartners.com. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Our firm focuses on three areas of opportunity as it pertains to technology in our industry. First is expeditious acquisition of technology, helping you make quick decisions and good investments for the betterment of your organization. The second is business process change management and adoption. And then finally, evangelization of your new differentiators of your digital transformation. Call Leap Consulting Solutions today.